you keep standing, we're going to read some scripture together. If you have a Bible, I want you to go to 1 Samuel chapter 16. 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 16. If you don't have a Bible, uh, I encourage you to download version. Great app. Uh, and that is uh, also where you find our, our weekly devotional. Uh, another great app for you is called Bible Hub. I use that a lot. So when you're in your daily study, you ever come across a scripture or words and you're like, I have no idea what this is talking about. I mean, that never happens to me, uh, but I've heard that people struggle at times. <laughs> I just did this just like uh, yesterday. I was like, I don't even know what that means. And so it's a great app because you can look at words, you can look at commentaries. It's one of my favorite go-to study tools. But when you download version, we also have our daily devotion. One of our core practices is daily devotions. And right now we're in one for the Advent season and all uh, during the month of December as a church, we're going through a specific um, a daily devotional. If you don't get that, you can sign up for it. Just use a, uh, just one of the uh, next step cards that's in the chair back in front of you. Fill that out, and we'll make sure you get on that email update. And you can also check it out on social media as well. First Samuel chapter 16, we're in a series called Forgotten Fields. Anybody ever felt forgotten? I mean, like, where's my answer to prayer? You've been waiting and hope hasn't come. <laughs> you're, you're waiting and it's just not there and it just kind of feels like you're out in this field and it's not coming. And what do you do when you're in these forgotten fields? And we're going to look uh, at several forgotten fields over the next few weeks. We're going to be looking at these shepherds, that different shepherds in different fields at different times. The last Sunday of Core Christmas, we're going to look at the most famous shepherds in the field, and that is the, the shepherds who were there at the birth of Jesus. But today we're in 1 Samuel chapter 16, and if you're new to Scripture, this is the story of how David was anointed king of Israel. It's a fascinating, I love this, this Scripture here because if you don't know, if you're new to church and you don't know who David is, David is the guy who killed the giant Goliath. He's the one who wrote uh, most of the Psalms that we have, went on to become uh, king of Israel. But before all of that, he was a shepherd in a forgotten field. Some people don't know that. They don't realize that he wasn't in the line to become king. Uh, he was just out in this field, minding his own business, had no aspirations of ever becoming anything. And then he gets anointed king. And this is the story in 1 Samuel chapter 16. I read out of the New Living Translation. It says this, Now the Lord said to Samuel, You have mourned long enough for Saul. Now if you don't, let me back up real quick here. Saul was the very first king of Israel. And he just was not a good king. And he made some really terrible errors. And so, so much so that God said, I'm not even going to let his sons become the next king. I'm going to go looking for a king elsewhere. And Samuel was the prophet. He was the one who would anoint the king. He says, I, I have rejected him as king of Israel, so fill your flask with olive oil and go to Bethlehem. Find a man there named Jesse. I selected one of his sons to be my king. And Samuel said, hey, how can I do that? If Saul hears about this, he's going to kill me dead. <laughs> you don't go anoint another king while the king is still in power. Bad idea. Well, take a heifer with you and say that you've come to make a sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice. I'm going to show you which of his sons to anoint for me. So Samuel did as the Lord instructed. And when he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town, they came out and said, what's wrong? Because uh, anytime the prophet would come to town, it was never a good idea. I mean, it wasn't like, oh, look in there. I wonder what fabulous word he has for me today. It wasn't like Joel Osteen coming over the, the hill, okay? 
when they saw the prophet, there's no prophet Osteen in here. No, this is a little bit different. What's wrong? Do you come in peace? He said, yeah, I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. Purify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And then Samuel performed the purification rite for Jesse and his sons invited them to the sacrifice. And when they arrived, Samuel took, here's a, Samuel took one look at Eliab and he thought, surely this is the Lord's anointed. But the Lord said to Samuel, hey, don't judge by his appearance or height. I've rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And then he goes down all the rest of the sons. Maybe this is it. Nope, this is it. Nope, maybe this guy. Nope, maybe this guy. Nope. How many of you have ever been there with God's will where you're like, oh, this is what God wants me to do. Hallelujah. Nope. Hey, you're in good company. If the prophet Samuel, one of the greatest prophets in the history of the world, got it wrong, we're going to get it wrong at times as well. So he goes on down the list, and then there's none of them. And verse 11, then Samuel asks, are, are, are these, is this all you got? Oh, wait, there's, there's still the youngest, the runt. But, but he's out in the fields. He's watching the sheep and goats. He's out in the fields watching the sheep and goats. Think about that. The greatest king Israel would ever know was out taking care of some goats. Man, where are you at right now? Where could God possibly elevate you to that seems impossible? Maybe you're hanging out with some goats every day at school or on the work force. Maybe that's you. Sent for him at once, Samuel said, we will not sit down until he arrives. So Jesse sent for him. Listen to this. He was dark and handsome with beautiful eyes. Now all the ladies are listening. Now y'all y'all like, oh, what is, wait a second. Who's he talking about now? He was tall, dark, and handsome. He was like a Hallmark movie. He was like walking down. Ooh, there he is. Going to fall in love by the end of the story. That's how gorgeous he was. Lord said, this is the one. Anoint him. So as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of olive oil, anointed king, anointed David with the oil. And the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. Father, thank you for your scripture. Thank you for your word. And just help us now as we try to hear from you and learn a little bit in these moments we have. Just right now, church, just ask God right now. Just say, okay, God, I'm listening. Maybe you're in that field. I don't know what you got for me, God, but I'm, I'm, I need something because I do feel forgotten today. And he has not forgotten you. And he's going to speak to you right now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. You may be seated. Well, we, we all uh, face struggles, don't we? And we all face hardships. Um, we all face difficulties in life, uh, like, like calling customer service. That, <laughs> have you ever, oh, my, you got to take a vacation day for that one, don't you? They call customer service. You go into your boss, hey, I need a vacation day. What for? I'm, I got to call customer service. Ooh, do you need uh, like uh, three or four days? How many days do you need for this? But when you call customer service or call customer support, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, when you call, um, you, you, they, they start with the prompts. You don't even get the live person, do you? I mean, they just start with the prompts. You know, press one for customer service. Press two for customer support. Press three for customer care. Press four. And you're like, wait, I, I don't even know. Those all sound the same. I don't know which one to push. And then you get, you get about five, six, or seven, and you think it was two. Do you remember that? You're like, I think, I think it's two. I'm not really sure. And by the time it gets down to six, seven, or eight, you can't even remember what two was. Like, I don't even remember what that one was, and so then it becomes kind of like roulette. 
You're like, I'm just, I'm, I'm going all in on six. And I'm just going to push six and see what happens. Then you push six. You ever push, you push whatever number you push, and then it says, please enter your PIN number. What? I didn't even know I had a PIN number. Like, and then you're guessing, right? Seven, two, eight, one. We're sorry, that's incorrect. Try again. Seven, four, nine, three. We're sorry. Goodbye. And then it hangs up. You you ever gotten through all of the prompts and then it hangs up on you? Oh, or worse yet, it, it throws you into that on hold music, you know, and it's like Christmas music right now. It's like, that's my impression of on hold music right there. And you're just like, it feels like this endless loop, and then it, then it comes on and it says, we apologize. I am not accepting apologies at this time. We apologize because due to the high number of calls we are experiencing, wait times are longer than expected. And then you're back in that endless hold music forever. And you just, you think, did they, I mean, it just goes on so long that you ever had your ear cramp up on you? You've got your phone and it just, you take the phone away and you're just rubbing your ear. You think, I'll put it on speaker, but you don't want to put it on speaker because you're at work and then everybody's going to hear that annoying music. But you're like, hey, I'm on customer support. Okay, no problem. And it just goes on and on and on. Sometimes that is exactly how it feels when you're waiting on God. The wait time feels longer than expected. Like you, you, you've been believing for that breakthrough. You, you, you've, you, you've claimed, uh, you claimed all the scripture prompts. Yeah, you've gotten them all lined up. You thought you pushed all the right buttons. I've said all the right prayers. I'm, I'm trying to do everything right, and still I'm waiting. I want to tell you, if you feel forgotten, if you feel like the wait time has been too long, I I just want to encourage you a little bit today and tell you that God has not forgotten you. God has not forgotten you. I think we need to encourage one another. Just turn to somebody and tell them that God has not forgotten you. God has not forgotten you. In fact, I, I, I... If you feel forgotten, I want you to think of David because long before David was ever in the palace, he was in a pasture. He felt forgotten. He he felt like I I got there's nothing for me. All my brothers have been invited to the party. I'm just stuck out here in this field. And Samuel then comes to town. He's looking for the next king. And Jesse's guy is gonna be one of my boys. This is amazing. And he gets all of his boys, almost all of his boys, to the party. And and Samuel's going through them. Nope, 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 nope. And then we read again here in verse 11. Samuel said, are these all the sons you have? Oh, well, they're still, uh, still the youngest. I got him. He's, uh, but he's what? Say it with me. He's out in the fields. He's out in the fields watching the sheep and goats. I think most of us can relate to David here, that, that, that feeling of being overlooked and, and feeling forgotten. Like you go to your core group, and, you know, and you do the little snack thing, and you do the, you talk about the sermon and how amazing the sermon was and how funny Brad was and how inspirational, transformative his messages are and how 
Grateful you are to be under his care and his ministry. I know that's what happens. <laughs> so, but, you know, you see, I have a little, little sermon talk time. And you, you get some help there. But then, you you know, when you go to your groups, you break up into men and you go men and women. And then, and then you have that time where you do win, witness, and word. And so it comes to the win part. And everybody's going around the circle. What was your win? And, and somebody's like, oh, hey, I, I, I just want to thank God because, you know, I, I was praying for that raise and that promotion. And I got it. And you're like, well, thank you, Jesus. That's good for you. Because you didn't get your raise. You're struggling. You're not getting where you want to be. Some of the next person's like, you know, we've been praying for a financial breakthrough. And unbelievable, I had somebody send a check that came in that I did not expect, met every need I had. And you're like, well, that's just fabulous. God is so good. And here you are struggling and you can't get your breakthrough and you're watching others get their breakthrough. Next person is like, hey, look, he put a ring on it. He put a ring on it. You're like, yeah, I saw it on Instagram. <laughs> I saw it. And you're like, Am I ever, is that ever going to happen for me? Or, or you're in a marriage that's going the wrong way, and you remember that moment, and it ain't like that anymore, and you just feel like you're, you're out. In this, and, then, and then it comes around to you. And what, hey, so what do you got, Brad? What's your win this week? Well, I got a subscription to the Jelly of the Month Club. Um, <laughs> Some of you just like that, right? but you'll get to, you'll be watching it later, and you'll be like, "Oh, that's what he was saying." Never mind, never mind. Forgotten fields can, can be dark, lonely places, where you get disillusioned, you get discouraged, you experience doubt, times of feeling of despair. And I, but I want you to write this down. You can share this in your group this week. Faith is forged in forgotten fields. Faith is forged in forgotten fields. I, one of my favorite movies is Kingdom of Heaven. If you don't know what that movie is, it stars Orlando Bloom, and it's, it's a crusader movie. Some of you ladies right now are like, oh, yes, Orlando Bloom. I love that movie. <sighs> you see this flowing locks. You love that guy. So uh, Orlando Bloom in this movie, though, it's just such a cool, it's a guy movie, too. It's just cool. It's like a guy and a chick flick all wrapped up in one. I think he even has his shirt off in the movie, ladies. You'll love it. That was for me, wasn't it? I know that that was just affirmation to the pastor. So, um, so I'm watching this movie, and long before he becomes the hero, he's in this forgotten field. He's in this. He's in this. He's a blacksmith in this small little village. And if you've seen the movie, it has this scene where he's in there and he's got this sword and he's just beating it on this anvil, just beating it into submission, and then he's sticking it into this fire, and he's pulling it back out, and he's beating, and he's swinging his hammer, and beating it, and beating it, and beating it, and putting it back into the fire, and bringing it out, and beating it, and beating it, and beating it. And the last time I watched that movie, I looked at that anvil, and I said, that's life. Sometimes you feel like you're getting beat to death on the anvil of life. Can I get an amen to that? Amen. You're like, that, that's me. Right there, that's exactly how I feel. And, and sometimes it's the devil coming at you and hammering on you. Sometimes it's the world. It's, it, it's, it's forces that are against you, people, circumstances, and obstacles. Sometimes it's me. I've done it to myself. 
Sometimes it's God who's put me on that anvil, but let's just be honest here in church. Sometimes, most of the time, I don't have any idea who's doing it. I I just know I'm on that anvil, but faith is forged on the anvil of life. That is where your faith is forged. This is where God is strengthening you. When you feel like you're in this forgotten field, it's a moment where he's strengthening you, he's equipping you, he's he's forming you, he's refining you in the refiner's fire, and he's preparing you ultimately for your future destiny. There's something he's wanting to do. There's a next step in your life. There's a place he's wanting to get you to, but he can't do it unless you're on that anvil. Faith is forged in forgotten fields. David, man, David was, the pasture was preparation for the palace. When he was out in that pasture, it was preparing him for his destiny. Like David's out in the field is what the scripture says, and he has no idea the destiny that awaits him. Just erase the fact that you know the story. He's out in the field, and he has no idea that one day he's going to slay a giant, and everybody's going to talk about that story for thousands of years. They're going to make the term the underdog based on him and that story. But God was preparing him way over here in this field. He's killing a lion. He's killing a bear. He doesn't, you know, when we think about David, and we think about him killing this giant and slaying this giant, we're like, wow, underdog, that's amazing. How did he kill that giant? What a strong young man, full of faith and vibrant. Are you kidding me? He was over here in the field, and he killed a bear and a lion. He probably stepped out on that field and went, this guy, he can't even move. He's a a dead target. This bear and this lion, they're moving. They're coming at me. This guy can't move. I mean, David was being prepared for his destiny. David didn't know that he would go on to write some of the greatest poetry the world would ever know. No idea that he's out in this field and that that's what is happening and that what God is doing in his life. And he's just out here in the field. And what he's doing is he's like, he's just looking around. Wow, look at the stars. He's leading his sheep through the dark valley. The, the valley of the shadow of death, where he learned to fear no evil. Because he said, oh, you're, you're, man, the rod and the staff, that's what protects the sheep. And, and he's over here, and now he's writing these psalms, but he didn't know that it was way over here that God was, was forging that and preparing that and building that within him. He has no idea concept or idea, he is going to become the greatest king the world has ever known. The world has never known a king like David. Greatest king ever. No, he's just over here in a pasture keeping some sheep and some goats. Are you kidding me? If you're not faithful with the sheep and the goats, you will never be faithful in the palace. But he's over here with the sheep and the goats, and he's corralling them, and he's training them, and they won't listen. And they're all upset, and they're going the wrong way, and he's pulling them back, and he's doing these things. What would happen? He would become the king of Israel, and he would be the, the shepherd over the sheep of Israel. Faith is forged in forgotten fields. 
I, I think of it like this. I, I think the pasture is preparation for the promise. The pasture is preparation for the promise. In, in our devotion that we're reading right now as a church for Advent, uh, the one that I had for today, it may not have been the one you had, but the one day that I'm on, is Luke chapter 1. And it talks about Zechariah and Elizabeth. And I was reading that today, and Zechariah was a priest, and, and it says that they were both righteous. They were faithful. But they weren't able to have a kid. They, they were forgotten in the field. They were doing everything right. Like, they, 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 they loved the Lord. They were, they were in, at the temple they knew the, the, the word of God, and, and God looked at them as righteous people, yet, yet she couldn't conceive, and it was beyond childbearing years. That's what the scripture says. But then you read in, in verse um, 8, it says, one day that, uh, that Zechariah went to, Zechariah went, went to the temple, and, and I just stopped, and I thought, wow, wait a minute, think about that one day. He's just being faithful in the field, faithful in the field, faithful in the field, faithful in the field, and then one day, everything changed. He goes into the temple, an angel speaks to him, the angel Gabriel, and says, your wife is going to conceive. She does conceive. She gives birth to John the Baptist, who prepared the way for the Messiah. Zechariah and Elizabeth, who were in the field and feel forgotten, were never, ever going to have children, have no concept no thought, no idea that holy smokes, my son is going to usher in the Messiah. But they're over here being faithful, 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 faithful. And when you are faithful, 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 then one day happens. One day. But you got to be faithful every day if you want your one day. You gotta be faithful every day in the field if you want your one day. Come on, turn to somebody and tell them be faithful every day. Be faithful every day. Let's go back to verse 11. It's, Samuel says this send, send for him, that's David. Send for David at once. And we, we ain't gonna sit down until he arrives. Like, like Samuel's holding up the party, no cake, no confetti, ain't nobody playing cornhole. They're <laughs> just like, no, we're going to wait till David gets here. Wait till David shows up because David has no idea he's about to be the honored guest. You, you, ever, you ever hear about a party afterwards? Is it not the worst? Like you, you, you're, you're in your dorm or you're, you're, you're at work and, and everybody's talking about, oh, man, Ted's party last night. They were talking in the corner. Man, did you go to Ted's party? Yeah. Oh, man, that was, that was off the hook, man. That was amazing. Oh, my gosh. That was great. Did you see Cheryl? Cheryl was Cheryl's. <laughs> I can't believe what she did. That's crazy. And you're over here going, hey, Ted had a party? I know Ted. Wait, Cheryl was there? How did Cheryl get invited? And I didn't get. If Cheryl got and I didn't, and every insecurity you've ever had comes out, doesn't it? I guess, oh, man, oh, man, that's obviously a reason why I'm not invited, wasn't invited to the party. Every insecurity you have ever had will be unearthed in the forgotten field. Every insecurity you've ever had starts coming up to the surface in the forgotten field. I mean, I, I guess I'm not, I, I obviously don't have the education. 
Because if I had the education, look at them. They have the education, so that, that's why they're, they're getting hit. I'm just, not, I'm just not quite smart enough. Or, oh, I, 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 have, I, I have the education. I have, I have the wrong education. If I just had this education, then I could get, get, get there. Oh, oh I, I just don't have enough resources. If I had the, the reason that they're de- doing what they're doing and they're getting what they are getting, it's, they have the resources. And if I just had the resources, then, then I, you have every resource at your disposal from God. Every resource you need for your destiny is already in your back pocket. Let me say, every resource you need to be equipped for your destiny, Zechariah, David, everything they needed was there. Listen, you just like, man, every insecurity, though, come, I'm too old. I'm, that's why it's not happening. I'm never going to get married again. Never going to have children I'm not, I'm not going to get promoted. I'm not going to get the advancement. I'm not going to get the job because I'm too old. Every insecurity. Or, or this one comes out. I'm just too young. Obviously, I'm not getting the promotion. Obviously, I'm not getting the job. Obviously, I'm not getting that because if I was older and more mature and more experienced and blah, 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 blah. Every insecurity that we have comes out. And it's like, sometimes like, I just, do, I just don't have the look. If I had the look, if I just had a certain look, then, then maybe I, I, could, I, I could get somewhere. I mean, preachers even deal with this. Preachers deal with this. It's so funny. Preachers are like, man, maybe I'd have more people in my church if I just had the look. Like I was walking down this aisle right over here. And Donovan and, 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 and Glenn over here, they're like, hey, uh, you looking good today. And I was like, well, all right. And Glenn says, it's just the shirt. So, and, and what do you do when somebody does? You're like, okay, where do I go get more shirts like this? Because um, obviously my other shirts are not doing it. And if I had the right shirt, if I had the right, this, preachers do this. If, if, I, if I dress nicer, there'd be more people. If I, if I dress more casual, if I just had the cool Nike kicks like the other guys. And that, some of y'all looking at my shoes right now. Is he wearing the Nike kicks? Which ones is he wearing? Oh, he's got those Stan Smiths on. I like those. I got to get some of those for Christmas. Every insecurity, and it happens to everyone. I mean, it happens to, if I was funnier, more people would, would, would respond. If, it, if I wasn't, if I was more serious, if I was more reserved, if I was deeper into the Scripture, if I wasn't so deep into the Scripture, everybody deals with insecurities. And David, I don't think, is a whole lot different. But what's interesting about David, remember this, he was, what, tall, dark, and handsome with dreamy eyes, ladies. So he had everything, but he didn't have it. He still stuck out in the field. I love that Scripture tells us that he wasn't this scrawny little guy. I love that it, the guy, he had talent. I mean, this guy had everything he needed, but he is stuck out in the field. But God didn't forget David, and he has not forgotten you. He will send for you. Turn to somebody and tell him he's going to send for you. He's going to send for you. This is what God is going to He's going to hold up the party, and he will not start. Hold off on the confetti. Don't let the balloons fall. we got to wait. You are the honored guest, and God is going to hold up that party until you arrive. Look at verse 12. The, the Lord said this to Samuel, this is the one, anoint him. Think about this. He didn't have to audition. It's not like it's Israel's got talent. You know, our next guest on Israel's got talent, David, son of Jesse. 
Guy comes in, I got a slingshot. Here I go. Hey, Samuel, get up against that wall. Put an apple on your head. Here we go. It's like he brought out his harp, you know, and like started singing, you know, as the deer panteth for the water. Some of you will get that later. He didn't have to, it wasn't about any of that. You got to back up in the story to understand why did he get picked? Why David? I mean, he's way off in Bethlehem. But God was watching him. And it says back in verse 7, the Lord looks at what? The Lord looks at the heart. What I love is that David was really talented and really good looking. But God didn't care about that. Some of you, you're really good looking. Some of you, you got so much talent. But it doesn't matter. Because God says, I'm going to look at the heart. That's what he looks at for David. I I love for David, though, at the same time, he didn't have the, the pedigree. In other words, he wasn't the son of a king. He wasn't even supposed to be king. He was as far removed from being a king as you could possibly be. You might be so far removed from your miracle, so far removed from your destiny, the thing you're hoping for, the thing you're believing for, the thing you're trusting for, it just seems like it's universes away. But if God is in it and God has pre-ordained it, you will get to your destiny. There is nothing that can stop what God wants to do in your life. I love this. David just standing around and boom, it hits him. But God saw David in that field and he saw that David was being faithful. I love this picture is that David is out in this field by himself taking care of sheep, taking care of goats, killing some lions, killing some bears, picking some bugs off. (laughs) That's what he's doing. And God's looking at him and he says, man, he is being faithful to me. There was something that David didn't matter where David was. He was still a man after God's own heart. He said, I don't don't care where I'm at. I don't care what happens. I don't care what goes on. He said, he's not chasing the palace. He's, he's content to be in the pasture. Isn't that interesting? Like you find nowhere in Scripture that David was chasing a dream of the palace. He was just content wherever God had him. Okay, I'm in the pasture. This is where I'm going to be. How, how, do you, how do you know if you're being faithful in the field? Here's a question I'd like for you to write down, and you're probably going to have to wrestle with this one because I'm still wrestling with it. But here's the question I want you to write down. If God never gave me the palace... If God never gave you your dream, if God never did X, Y, or Z, if God never gave me the palace, would I be faithful in the field? If God never gave me the palace, would I be faithful to him in the field? That's how you know that you have a heart for God. That right now, where you're at, you're content in what God is doing in your life. That you say, doesn't matter, God. I'm content with you. I may not be content with what's happening around me. I may not be content with where I want to be, but I am content with you. And if this is all that life will be for me, and if that's what's happened for me, I will be faithful to you in this field. That's David. Look at verse 13. Such a beautiful picture here. 
So as David stood there among his brothers, imagine that little brother coming in, seven brothers standing around, all really qualified, good-looking guys, sharp, some of them very mature, dad's favorite. Samuel liked some of them. Man, this is the guy. None of them. But David walks into the room, stands among them. Samuel takes the flask of oil and he anoints David with it. And say this last part with me that's underlined. And the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. What a powerful moment. He's standing among his brothers. He goes from forgotten to chosen. But what's interesting is right after David was anointed, he goes right to the palace? Dream? Destiny? No. If you don't know the story, you need to read the story. He gets anointed king. He goes right back to the pasture. He's anointed. Bows down. Samuel the prophet, anointing oil. This is amazing. This is powerful. And Jesse's like, get on back out in that field right now, young man. And he's back out there, and he's picking gnats and picking fleas and picking bugs and killing lions and killing it's just He goes back to the field. It would be about 15 years before 15 years. 15 years, okay? That's like 2036. What, what is it you're waiting for? What, 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 what field do you feel stuck in? What promise are you believing for? Now, I want you to imagine God right now is anointing you. You are the anointed of God because of Jesus. Jesus was the anointed one. If Jesus is the Savior and Lord of your life, you come under his authority and under his anointing. So you have the anointing. You have the Spirit of God upon you. But what if, what if it took till 2036? Would you be willing to wait, and could you remain faithful in the field? Because what we want is it to come at the end of this service, but I'm telling you, for some of you, it's going to be 2036. Some of you, it's going to be 2050. Some of you, it's going to be 2022. Some of you, it's going to be 2030. I don't know when it's going to happen, but at some point, God is always faithful, and God was faithful to David. Why? The Spirit, it says, the Spirit of the Lord was upon him, Every single day. You need to receive that right now. You have the spirit of the living God upon you every day. That means you can stand under the weight of the field. Then that weight would be W-E-I-G-H and W-A-I-T. You can stand under that. You can remain faithful in the field, not under your own power. I've been, when I'm in this field, I'm telling you, I ain't got it. I'm frustrated. I'm, God, where's my breakthrough? I get impatient. I get angry with God. Maybe I'm the only one. I have some arguments with the Lord. Why is this taking so long? I've done everything you've asked me to do. Is there something I'm missing? What's happening? All my insecurities, everything coming to the surface like crazy. But it's the spirit of God that keeps me being faithful in the field. And it's the spirit of God that will give you the strength, give you, give you the, the wisdom, give you the intelligence, the knowledge, the, the power to stand in the field. I, I, I've seen this firsthand. Uh, most of you know Laura's mom sitting right down here on the front row. Wave at him, mom. 
Most of you know her. And I asked her if I could share this yesterday, and she said, oh, please don't, because the enemy's going to attack me. <laughs> but I've, if I've seen anybody be faithful in the field, I've watched her be faithful in the field the last few years. I watched as uh, my father-in-law, Russell, uh, got dementia, and he started to fade. And her, her, her husband of 25 years is fading, but, 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 she, but she stayed faithful in the field. I, I remember when the time came when he could no longer live at home because it wasn't safe for him to be at home. And I remember when he had to be taken to the veteran's home all the way over in Claremore. I mean, how, how cruel is that? I can't even be in town, but it's got to be like 30 minutes away. But, but she, she stayed faithful in the field. I, I watched as she get in her car and she'd drive all the way to Claremore to visit with her husband, only to have her husband say, hey, could you go get my wife for me? And she would drive home alone in that car, but she would be faithful in the field. I remember last year when he passed away and he went to be with Jesus because he was a good man of God. And I watched her be faithful in the field. And I've watched so many of you do the same thing. I've watched your children turn and make poor choices and decisions and hurt you but you stayed faithful in the field. Watch people like Matt lose a leg and then lose a second one, but stay faithful in the field. I watch guys like Sean Spears sitting back in the booth. He loses the, the use of his ankle in a freak accident here on this stage and this week and have another surgery, but he, he and his wife Megan staying faithful in the field. I've watched some of you go through divorce. I've watched some of you, your marriages get upside down and your spouse leave you. I've seen some of you deal with incredible heartache and brokenness, but you stayed faithful in the field. I, I've watched some of you lose children who died. Who, who, what, what is this? But I've watched you stay faithful in the field. God is looking for people who are faithful in the field. Many scholars and theologians believe that David wrote the 23rd Psalm later in life when he was much older, kind of reflecting back on his life. And I, I wonder in the middle of the 23rd Psalm if he wasn't late in his life looking back on that moment, because here he is like he's king in his final days and all the, all the things that come with that, but he's reflecting back to that forgotten field. And, and he wrote these words, these poetic words in Psalm 23, 5. He said, you anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. He's looking over his whole life. All the tragedy, all the heartache, all the running, all the 15 years of and that, and all this, his sons turning against him and everything, and even this pit of sin that he found himself, he put himself on that old own anvil because of his own sin, and he's looking back, and he, and he says, my, my cup runs over. Can you say that today? Where you sit, where you are right now, no matter where you find yourself, can you say, God, my, my cup 
it just runs over. And he says these words, surely, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I don't know what field you feel stuck in. I don't know where you maybe feel forgotten. But no matter where you find yourself, I want you to know this, God's goodness and his mercy are with you every single day. Be faithful in the field. Would you stand? We're gonna prepare our hearts for the sacraments that we're going to receive here in just a moment. Father, we ask now that you would prepare us and you would speak in Jesus' name, amen.